We're back and welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I am your host as always, Dustin P. And on this episode, we dive back into the apocalypse with the season eight mid-season premiere entitled Honor. But before we get into the episode, allow me to introduce my co-host. He is the Boom Howdy you heard in the background. He is Genius McGee. Genius, what's up, bud? How's it going, man? Going pretty good. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, that was a big episode. A big episode <laughs> and a lot of heavy <laughs> motifs, themes, mm-hmm. kind of running all the way through there. So, for the sake of brevity, we dive directly into spoilers. So, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You have been warned. Yes. So, Genius, what was your first take on the episode? This was an interesting episode. There was a lot of shit to go over. I ha- um, I'm i still really trying to process because this is, we're talking right, right yeah, after. Yeah, immediately after. Yeah. While it's still fresh. Like opening a can or a thorax yeah. of Captain Crunch. Very appropriate. Yeah. Apropos, if you will. <laughs> so I know that we've got a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of different character interactions, a lot of uh, various scenes that mm-hmm. we both liked, some that we didn't necessarily like as much as the others. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into like the elephant in the room, the dream sequence. What's yeah. going on there? Because I knew that was a, po- a portion of the, the show that you wanted to talk about. I totally forgot about that. I mean, like I it, the the callback from the earlier episodes, right? Like from way because it opened up with the the first season, and all that's madness happened. And I, I for fucking spaced on it, and then when it brought it back to find out that it was from Carl's point of view, and knowing what we know now, it was like holy shit, that's that's a very interesting turn. Because I always thought it was um, a glimpse into the future, or um, maybe. Rick's fever dream. I did too. I, I'm I'm with you on that one. I yeah. really did. I thought it was from Rick's point of view, number mm-hmm. one, and I thought it might have been one of those hallucina- uh, hallucinations and the the portions where he was losing his mind. Remnants of crazy, right? Remnants yeah. of, of Full Metal Lori. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's very interesting to see that come from Carl's point of view, and mm-hmm. we get that interspersed between the the different snippets of the the current time in the episode. Um, we see old man Rick. With the, the big bushy gray beard, the gray hair. Santa Grimes. Yeah. <laughs> He's bringing more than presents. But He's bringing you things and stuff. <laughs> so we see uh, we see Santa Grimes wake up in, in you know his house in Alexandria. We're assuming mm-hmm. it's Alexandria yeah. or maybe another community that they went to. Mm-hmm. Um, further on in the episode, we see, you know, Sadiq and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry. I couldn't think of his name there for a second. But we see Sadiq and Jerry kind of interact with Rick a little bit. We see an older Judith, possibly, yeah. what would you say, about five, six, seven years old, yeah, maybe? six, seven, something like that. Um, and then toward the end of the episode, we get the great big shocker. But let's hold on to that. Yeah. Let's go ahead and dive into, into, yeah, let's go ahead and dive into some of the episodes. So what did you think of the Morgan Carroll, Ezekiel stories that was going on? I fucking loved it. I mean, like, even as gory and as batshit insane as it got. And it was very gory. I I thought it was great. And it led up to such an interesting climax on that one as well. But before we get into that one, just the whole Morgan one, I was super excited when Morgan and Carol's like, yeah, we got to go save King Ezekiel, right? Yep. And I was like, fuck yeah, you know, let, let their powers combine and just like... Wonder Twin powers activate. Right? Form of Negan fucker uppers. Yeah, badassery. Right? So I'm like, fuck yeah. And then the whole time, uh, it was really interesting how uh, 
King Ezekiel was still yet I smile as still and saying, hey, you can stop this. And I was calling the whole time Captain Crunch. Yep. Yeah. I got proved wrong, though. But I was telling Captain Crunch is the deciding factor because he does not want to do this. And he's proven time and time and again. Like he goes, if I could change it, I can. But I, I'm not. I mean, know? even up until the end. Yeah. I mean, he still had doubts about what he was doing. He, he wanted to maintain that he was still in the right. Mm-hmm. But you could tell that he was in increasingly uh, conflicted when every time that Ezekiel would talk to him he'd be like you can still you can still change what's happening and finally at the the moment of truth he just slaps him he's like I don't want to hear it anymore get out of my head right exactly And, and I thought that was very interesting that Ezekiel just kept planting that seed in his mind you know you you don't have to do this you don't have right. to do this i think eventually <laughs> minus the killer kid i think eventually if it played out differently captain crunch would have been like hey let him out you okay cool i give up i'm outnumbered cuz everybody else is dead just like morgan said Every everybody single else is dead person was dead and even at the beginning at the beginning even uh morgan was like maybe we can go in there and not have to kill too many people and carol's like yeah i don't want to kill which is weird because the super badass is kind of now a pacifist but she can still throw down when she needs to so kind of like a pseudo pacifist but they went in full intentions of like not killing anybody because they're like well we have to either kill out these four or five guys or go through the courtyard exposed. Carol wanted to pull a solid snake for Metal Gear. She right. wanted to creep through everything to get right. to the other side. Which is a good plan. Yeah, because you don't want to high alert, you know, multiple guns when you're trying to infiltrate and retrieve a hostage. Right, because she saved Morgan's ass when he went rogue. Yep. That first time when he was going to go around the house. Absolutely. He was like, poo-poo. He got, he, if Carol wasn't there to guide his back, he would have got. Yeah, and he froze. Yeah. I mean, because he realized that you know, the only weapon that he had was... It was a stick, and the guy got yeah. him with the AK dead to rights, right? Yep. Fortunately, Carol pew, pew, vanilla twisted his ass, and like, no alarm. <laughs> because that's what Carol does. Right? And was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, if they would have stuck to the plane, if they would have went stealth, they could have done a lot more damage. But at the same time, we don't know. They could have fucked up. I mean, do you really think they can do any more damage than what they already did? I mean, they wow. took out the entire... I mean... The entire Savior's entourage. No. Morgan took out yeah. the entire <laughs> Okay, I, I retract my previous statement. Morgan Carol killed a couple. Morgan yeah. just went just went apeshit you know, episode clear on right? everybody. He went Michael Myers the shape on people's ass, especially at the end. And I'll get that to that later because that's something I really want to talk about. The way he dispatched these people, my God, like throws sticks in the jaw and just just and even when he had him down and out boom boom double yep. tap right in the brain just hey oh morgan knows what's up he knows he he can't allow these people to get back up but see even before he <laughs> gutted somebody which is another thing i'll get back to carol was freaking out i even have in my notes it's like you done fucked up when you scare carol yeah yeah you could tell that there was serious fright on her face when she saw the way that Morgan just completely flipped from being a person that she knew of to being this cold-blooded, just assassin. Yes, just with a, a remorseless killing, remorseless killing machine, right? Just ape shit. You got, you gotta have balls of steel to scare Carol. You know, pretty that's much. Just goes down to it, and then 
the guy <laughs> Bub Bagwell was like all up on him. Now, in a proper fight or whatever, if there's a wound, yeah, maybe a thumb, maybe maybe a thumb in the in the in the eye, you know, or a thumb in the wound, maybe a finger too, you know. But a whole fucking and pulling out something. Yeah, it it takes it. Damn. It takes a 100% certified Rambo badass <laughs> to take a person's bullet wound and disembowel them with that same wound. With the bare head. Yeah, here's this flame. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was Holy interesting shit. to see that we, we, we got a pacifist uh, Morgan for so many seasons. Yes. I mean, he was just kind of going along. He was trying to tell everybody they could come back from it. The Dow of Morgan. And then all of a sudden he goes, he goes Michael Myers. Yes. On everybody. <gasps> and it was, it was refreshing to see number one, but number two, the thing I, I, I jotted down in my notes, it was interesting to see that the walking dead was so apt to go gory with the living individuals in mm -hmm. the show, because we've seen a lot of gore, with the you know the walkers we've seen faces get pulled off you mm -hmm. know bodies get ripped in half but but that's for, what they do right when they decompose humans, right. right when the humans become the zombies or the monsters or whatever to do something that depraved i mean i mean look prime example look at everybody else's face when they saw that carol has seen horrific shit. She's, She's done, done horrific, horrific shit. shit. Yep. Same thing with Ezekiel. And we don't know much about Captain Crunch, but we know he's probably done some heinous shit. Yep. Or at least he, seen he's it. Had, Gavin's had to do some heinous shit in right. order to be a savior. But to stop everything, to see like, holy... And they're like, holy shit. Yeah, it was like somebody scratched the record. And it, or, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I, I think, I think even the gaffer and the uh, the music editor kind of paused on that one. <laughs> that was insane. And just like, shit, I'm out. Poof. <laughs> and, and, you know, Morgan chases out Gavin and whatnot. And then the, the big reveal is the, the interesting part of the way that, that, that those shots were done is that Morgan was a relenting killing machine. He was totally Michael Myers, He was. Dude. He was Morgan Myers. He was the yes, shape. Yes, he was. Yes, he Th was. Those are very similar to the way that they've set up horror films in the past, some of the ones that you and I both love. Well, look who directed it. it exactly. Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero. He, it brings he, it back. He knows his horror shit. Exactly. It and brings it back brought, to, yeah, to, the, to, to his the roots. One killer. But some of those shots... They were beautiful. The the some shadow, were, yeah. Some of them were haunting. Yeah, you know the way that they set up the lighting with, you know, and, and we'll talk about the the Morgan Carroll deal. But the way that they set up the lighting in the sewer set mm -hmm. with it just shining down on that know, was beautiful. Carl Morgan, uh, Carl uh, Michonne and Rick. Mm -hmm. um, the way that they set up the light that was coming through the broken. Uh, crucifix in the window in the church yeah. at, toward the end of the episode and just the way that they lit this episode because it was predominantly all nighttime. Mm -hmm. So the way that they chose to, to light this was very interesting and I, I thought that was probably one of the best I guess best unseen portions of The Walking Dead that yeah. we've seen so far in the eight seasons. No, I really enjoyed the scenery and the set pieces and the lighting as well but I do have an issue with the fact that I, I don't know if it's a timing issue or an editing issue or even a story issue, but when you have a beautiful stalkering scene 
like a beautiful star, like the, 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 right, the stalking scene, the stalking scene, how wonderfully shot, but then you have it and you're feeling that dread, but then you have another really pretty shot of a funeral scene in the church where it's supposed to be a sad moment. It doesn't mix well. Right. And that's where I don't know if it's an editing thing or whatever, but you have two glorious set pieces that you both want to focus on, but you don't, you can't because they're so totally different. Two great tastes that didn't taste great together. Yeah, it's like their climaxes and their beats met up with each other. And I don't know if it was intentional as like walking in, in, in tandem or if it was just an unfortunate accident or if they were trying to get a message that their paths crossed and I missed it entirely. But that was one of my major beefs with this and especially with the shots because the stalking scene was great. And we're used to yeah. The Morgan walked him down. Yeah, but we're used to the commercials interrupting things, right? And 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 ruining and the flow. They and that did. goes with it. But I'm not used to another good story that I want to follow along doing the same thing. I'm with you on that. You know, that's where my problem was because the shots in both stories were great. It's one of those ones where it's two stories that are I don't know if they should be crossing. But they're crossing at the wrong time. And the stories themselves were really good. They were, they were good. well written. They were really good. But the beats, the when you live, like for example, and we'll get to the uh, the sad uh, the the Carl side. But when you're building up the dread and the tension that you want for what they were doing in Morgan, mm-hmm. a little bit more horror. Is this guy gonna survive? What's gonna happen to Captain Crunch? Is Morgan gonna go full on dark side? Is he gonna be redeemed at the end? But then to have them pull a 180 with this with the kid killing him and him seeing a smaller version of some of the things what he has done upon himself. So it's building up this big tension, but then to have this sad thing, you know, I don't know if it was like one kid is dying, so maybe another kid can maybe flip his mind around and know the importance of living or maybe Morgan or whatever but whatever they were trying to do did not work for me but I still enjoyed the thing as a whole both stories you know what I'm saying yeah I enjoyed both stories as well and I think I think what you're touching on there with the the Henry character ultimately delivering the death blow to Gavin Mm -hmm. I, I think that was intentionally placed there because they want to mirror what what Henry's doing as what Carl did. Yeah. Because they even called back to it in Carl's story arc when he says, you know, when he when he's telling Rick, you know, back at the prison, I killed a kid who was, you know, essentially giving himself up. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what Henry just did. Right. So I, I think what we're, we're, we're seeing is a very parallel between Henry's character and Carl's character mm-hmm. with, you know, Henry being the petulant younger kid that, you know, is killing, right. much like what Carl did. But now Carl is... You know, repentant. He, he, he's repenting on his deathbed uh-huh. for all the bad things he did, but they furthered the group. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I, I think what's what's ultimately going to happen, and you know, you see Carol start to scold Henry. You know, I told you to stay there. This wasn't this wasn't for you. Yeah. And then Ezekiel kind of cradles him. You know, much like he's he's cradled all of his people. You know, Carol will deal with this later. Right. You know, and, and he, right now is not the he time. He realized that Henry didn't need to be scolded right then because that's a make it or break it moment for a young person. Mm-hmm. You know, he just killed a person that cold bloodedly. Exactly. That was dead to rights. That was. It, the, he was giving himself back. up. He was giving himself back. up. Yeah, and it, it was very reminiscent of what Carl did back at the prison. Yeah, you know. And, so and to see the, and the look on Morgan's face to see like 
holy shit, you know? Maybe, I taught him how to do that. Right? Like, and, and to see that this guy is killing senselessly, innocent, giving up people in the back. Meanwhile, Morgan just did the same goddamn thing. Yep. You know, I think it finally made Morgan realize just exactly what he had become. Mm-hmm. You know, and and to see that uh, a very younger version, but a, a almost a mirror image of what he was. It literally is when you spend too long looking into the abyss. The abyss stares back. Very appropriate. Very yeah. appropriate. So we'll go ahead and end the Carol Morgan Ezekiel story arc, yeah. and we'll jump back to. Let's go ahead and go into Carl, Rick, and Michonne. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the elephant in the room per se. The the big the big reveal. Carl's bit. He is dying. Yep. So we see a lot of ep- a lot of the episodic um, adventures through the sewers. You see Daryl shepherding all the people, including Judith, back to the hilltop community mm-hmm. with Dwight and Toe. Yep. Um, the only people that are left down there are at this point Sadiq, Michonne, Rick, and Carl. The main cast, right? Minus... The main, the main cast, yeah. less less Sadiq. Yeah. And and we finally realize exactly what Sadiq's role in the apocalypse is, or in this group is. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see that Carl didn't know, but Sadiq was a resident at a hospital before the apocalypse broke out. So he's yeah. technically medically trained. Yeah, which is a boost. And and Rick even asks uh, Carl. He goes, "Did you know that he was, you know, he he was a medical professional before this happened?" And, and he was like, "Nope, it was just no, the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do." And it takes the way to do it. <laughs> Check your blood sugar. Check, Check it often. But I think that's one of the things that um, Carl is really still on his deathbed trying to instill in Rick is that this world that they're living in now isn't necessarily the world that they have to live in. There can still be good, and yeah, Car- they can change things. And see, okay. So I called Sadiq new Carl because I thought he was, I didn't know what he was either, like that he was medically trained and stuff either. And so I was like, and he can't fight. But now that I know. Dr. New Carl? Mm-hmm, no. New Carl is, new Carl is now the kid in Henry. the kingdom. Henry. Yeah. Henry is now new Carl and he's now Dr. Sadiq. Cause, huh. So Dr. Sadiq, which was like, which was interesting because I was like, okay, this whole, I must honor my parents and kill as many walkers as I can, or whatever he was trying to mm-hmm. do. He was, and not doing it well. Right? He was out, oh, of no, his, not at all. out of his comfort zone. But I think now that you he had has... You got your element, Sadiq. Right? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie. My name is Sadiq. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> but, uh, no, now that... Um, he has a new quest. He does. He has a new person to honor, someone who gave him a chance, who basically saved his life. So I think that was pretty awesome. Uh, a good legacy and a good introduction of Sadiq into the main story. Because now I'm like, okay, this guy is obviously driven. He's obviously got some cred on him. Yep. So let's see where this goes. So. And the title of the episode tells us because Sadiq says, you know, I'm not going to mourn for you. I'm not going to be sad for you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to honor, honor you. you. Right. And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to make your life because you sacrificed it to save me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make your life worth it by helping the people that that you love, your family, your friends. Yeah. And I, I think that's very noble. Um, I mean, I really don't think at that point he can really do anything else. I mean, Carl's bit, it's its a foregone conclusion. I mean, what's Rick going to do? Kick him out of the sewer? Right. You know, so I think Sadiq is, is doing his best, and he realizes that the only reason why he's still alive is because of Carl. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows that. Rick mm-hmm. knows that. Michonne knows that. So now he's going to be living his entire existence 
to honor the memory of, of the person that saved him. Well, fuck, in fairness, all of them owe their lives to Carl. Absolutely. Yeah, all of them owe their lives to Carl. Yeah. So I mean, and, and, and not just and not just that occasion. I mean, there's been a couple of times where Carl saved the day. The AK prison riot. I mean, there's been a couple of times where Carl came through, especially in the later seasons when he stopped being a little shit. Yeah, when he stopped being the 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 pudding eating little little petulant jackass. <laughs> and, and you know, I I saw but, myself uh-huh. it, during the episode. You know, I was back in the first time, uh, the first couple episodes of, of Media Rewind when we started doing the recap show for The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You can tell that I never really liked Carl's character, but in this season and the back half of season seven, he really started to grow on me because yeah. I think he started to grow as a character. He started getting more more traction as a character he had more things to do right and this episode i mean it genuinely made me sad to know that chandler riggs is no longer going to be on the show yeah because i personally i think they they abruptly ended his his stay on this show because i think carl had more legs Mm -hmm. not not two eyes but two legs (laughs) i think he had more legs as a character in in the apocalypse to try to shepherd rick from being you know this bloodthirsty, you know animal that that he's become, just mm-hmm. being completely tunnel vision focused on killing Negan. Yeah, honestly, I think he uh, was more impactful than um, Glenn, deathwise. You know because he had more, Carl had more things, more potential, more things to do. You know, growing up as a teen is a badass shit with Enid. You know all kinds of crazy stuff, but at the same time. I'm glad they're getting him off now before things go super south. Yeah, because there there is going to be a lot of stuff with this war. There's going to be a lot of casualties. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that having Carl's death be such a gravitational pull mm-hmm. in, in this episode or in these last couple of episodes, I think that's going to serve to move the story along. Yeah, it'll bring the team together. Right. I, I don't think it was the best, the best fit for his character, mm-hmm. but overall for the story, I think it was the best possible option that they had at this point. Because while, he, unfortunately, while like I just praised that he had more things he could have said with his character, at the same time, that could have been a detriment. Like, if it became too much of a Carl teen drama. Right, growing up, growing the lo- up, the love, the love interest with Enid, right? You know? Then it just would not be The Walking Dead anymore. Yeah, and I think this is one of those other things that puts a nice shot in the arm to tell people that none of these characters are safe. Right. I mean, kids Carl, are gonna die. Carl has literally been a a key factor in the show Day since the one. pilot. Yeah. So if Carl can get got. I'm sorry for all the listeners out there. Daryl Dixon is also on the chopping block. So is Andy Lincoln's, you know, yeah. Rick Grimes. I mean, everybody Anybody's is up for a reevaluation on whether or not they get offed. So, I mean... <laughs> better, it, better start negotiating them contracts. Yes. <laughs> funny you should say that because, you know, Lauren Cohen is currently going through a contract negotiation about, you know, whether or not she's going to get more money, whether or not she's going to come back into season nine. So... I mean, you've got a lot of characters here, you know, because money rules the world. Money makes the world go round. So yeah. will these characters come back? Will they not? I mean, I, I think the other thing that, that Scott Gimple as the, the showrunner has done is that he's he's pretty much set the precedent that nobody is safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate it. I know a lot of people that get pissed off about it, but I really do appreciate the fact that nobody is set up on an altar where nobody can get got. Right. You know, that's what I really like. I mean, everybody is susceptible to everything exactly i mean god forbid rick grimes get a hangnail and you know gets an infection and turns into a zombie but you know stuff a thing 
So, you know, we, we know everything that happens with Carl. I mean, Chandler Riggs had one hell of a run on this show. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think know, at this point it's just good. It's good on him to finally get out because, man, Carl has been through so much shit. I really, really enjoyed Carl's last day. That little montage at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. Where Carl's last day. Where yeah, he's where he's like, doing the handprint well, with, with Judith. Because it was kind of sad because he realizes that he's got bit. This He's got like one day left, two days left. However, it seemed a lot longer, though. It seemed like he was around for a little bit longer than one or two days since he got bit. Right. But suspension of disbelief, right? Yeah. But the, what he did, he's like, oh, man, dad's not here. Mom's not here. I can't, or Michonne's not here. I can't say goodbye, you know? All right, I'll write him a letter, you know? Uh, let's hang out with Judith. Let's see what's going on. Just, like, planting a tree, just getting things ready for whatever happens. It was That was a nice last day. And I think... That smile on his face at the very end. When he looks up and the sun shines on him? Mm-hmm. I think he realized, he goes, I did a good last day as best as I could. So you think he was ready? He was. He, oh, he came to grips? Absolutely. Especially looking back now, it makes perfect sense why he uh, wanted to sacrifice himself to Negan. Yeah, because he was already bit. He was already dead. He's already like, fuck it. I mean, what's, what's, what's worse? Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, what are you going to do to yeah. me that... Hasn't already going to be happening in two, three hours. Either way, he's dying a martyr. Either yep. way he went, you know? And so I know that wasn't his end goal, you know, like, everybody will remember me, <laughs> you know? But he was just, he always did what he thought was right, even when it was kind of wrong. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm with you on that one wholeheartedly. Yeah. And, you know, so the huge send-off for, for Carl mm-hmm. uh, at the end, it was very interesting, and I think this speaks a lot to his particular character on the show, the fact that he did not want to have Michonne or Rick carry the burden of having to kill him. Yeah. So he ends up committing suicide. Yeah. I, I thought that was very interesting. I thought that spoke volumes about his particular his particular character and how much he had grown. Yeah. Well, he even said <clears throat> he literally died for peace in every sense of the term. One, before he died, he goes, this was not the Savior's. This was me on my own. It has nothing to do with them. Do not go to war because of this. Yeah. I am not your rallying cry. Right. He died saving Sadiq. Right? He sacrificed himself to, like, well, wanted to, to Negan, to say, hey, maybe we can stop fighting. His last words were like, hey, let's not fight anymore. Let's not do this. Yeah, take me. Even to, like, even to, like, his dad and Michonne. And then for he, he wanted to off himself so Michonne and Rick could have in one of them could have some sort of peace because knowing that they had to pop Carl had to would have put a burden on him unnecessarily and Car- to me in if I was putting him in Carl's position like more real peace of mind for them in a weird way you know but now they can literally have a piece of his mind <laughs> but a cha oh, uh, too soon not really it's fiction. Uh, but i i really <laughs> <laughs> but but i really did I, I appreciated that the fact that it gave me the feels yeah i mean it gave me the feels i mean i wasn't like oh trying to be right but like, but i really did I, yeah. I i thought that spoke more volumes for his character and how far he's come in this in this particular story arc mm-hmm. than any type of physical action he could have taken yeah you know so 
you know, fa- a fond farewell to, to Carl. Um, this is all about you, like killer kids and exactly. kids killing kids. Ho- ho- ki- ho- killer kids and kids killing. Or <laughs> ho- hopefully you get both your eyes there in uh, zombie heaven. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then the last part, you know, we, we don't see the hilltop community. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see a lot of what's happening because of, you know, we, we got a very hilltop centric episode or a lot of pieces of the hilltop. I mean, what are you going to see them planting food and kind of right. fortifying? I mean, that's kind of right. a boring storyline. Um, you don't see a lot of Negan, but you do, but you do in the flash forward sequence, the yeah. dream sequence, which yeah. I know you wanted to touch on. Well, before that, before we get into that, one thing that I wanted to, um, it's interesting. Let's talk about, um, Rosita for a second. Okay. Cause I still think she's going to be a major player. Um, it's interesting to see the dynamic between Dwight and Rosita now because Rosita has Dwight's back and Dwight has says has been right so far he has been so I think coming up there's going to be a lot of mistrust because of the whole he used to be a savior thing and the whole and Rosita trusts you now can we trust Rosita right so that's interesting uh, that's just something I wanted to bring up yeah and I mean it's it's kind of like a a complete 180 i mean mm-hmm. because she knows he says we can't go out there just yet because you know they, they will find us they're yeah. expecting you to be in the woods yeah so let's just wait them out and she kind of looks at him and figures out okay maybe that is the best plan okay so we'll stay mm-hmm. and everybody else just acquiesces to what rosita says well because for rosita to be the voice of reason is odd for, yeah for her to be the patient one for like okay maybe we should wait Maybe we should listen to what because she's always been gung ho and she's always been like, let's do this shit right now. But for her to be like, yeah, I trust this guy because even and the at the ambush in the previous episode, she was the first one to say, come on, let me help you up. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's so I think they're gonna be a major major thing going on. So you think we're gonna have a little Rosita Scarface action like a love no, love no. relationship going well, on? No, I don't think so. I think there's still a lot of like. Animosity anger. and hanger there. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. But I think definitely like they're gonna have each other's back and be a significant player in the battles. And, and I think that Dwight won over Rosita and a lot of people. Sans Daryl. I mean, Daryl's still Darryl pissed because never, of Easy Street, right? But I, I think Dwight and won over a lot so of people um, because he he said with such conviction that he wants to help them. He wants Negan dead. Yeah, it's not. I don't want Negan captured. I right. don't want him away. I want him dead. Yeah, you know because he's they got, got the same goal. I mean, sorry for the pun, but he literally has skin in the game. It's literally on the iron that Negan burned his face with. So, I mean, I, I don't... And that was a completely unintentional pun. That was not, you know, I, that was not thought out. Pre-planned. But he does. I mean, yeah. Negan took his wife. Mm-hmm. You know, Negan burned his face. Yeah. He completely subjugated him. And it's like, for what? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see what Dwight does uh, in the next couple episodes. And, you know, the, the Walking Dead has followed the season premiere, mid-season finale, mm-hmm. mid-season premiere, season finale, as being their, their pivotal turning points. Yeah. And, and that was actually in an article that, that Tim Casey Canton had sent to me, uh, who is the founder of Boom Howdy. Boom Howdy. He, he sent to me in, in a, an email document just showing that, you know, all of the, the way that they're laying out the stories and everything, that you know, the premieres, 
the the midseason finales, the the midseason premiere, and mm-hmm. then the finales are always going to be the Just pivotal an, portion. An, an analysis. Yeah, yeah, they're always going to give you the biggest chunk of story change, mm-hmm. which I think is smart because I mean it, it gets people to turn, number one tune in at yeah. the beginning of the season. Hook them first, exactly. Give them the one-two punch. I mean, we see it all the time in like Game of Thrones. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I think they're following a very methodical, you know, a methodical layout in terms of mm-hmm. how they're going to do the stories from this point on. Yeah. Um, now, don't miss the filler. You know, I'm definitely not going to say miss the filler because right. there's there's a lot of story for these characters that that still needs legs. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what what happens with Eugene? You know, and, and it's interesting. I, I do want to point. People. I do want to point out. Yeah, we have J- uh, Jadis and the Trash People, mm-hmm. but I do want to point out that now Sadiq is a doctor. Mm-hmm. Do we need the doctor that's with Father Gabriel now? Well, he's well. I think he's going to end up being cannon fodder, and that I think so. could potentially mean. That Father Gabriel gets God as well. Well, Father Gabriel's on the chopping block. He's next. We to don't him. know. He might have the flu. He <laughs> might have food poisoning. Who knows? I mean, we we didn't see him get bit, so we don't know if mm-hmm. this is just like something that's, you know, maybe a, a virus. <laughs> it's a computer virus. <laughs> we we don't know if he's got a virus or whether or not he's got some kind of, you know, so do we need Mantis Toboggan or do we need Doctor Sadiq? Because like Doctor Sadiq. Well, <laughs> if it's Mantis Toboggan, it's always Mantis Toboggan. But I don't know the Doctor. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're gonna be fodder. I mean, I, I, I really do. I think, think they're. So? I think they're gonna end up getting killed for a, a very frivolous reason. I think yeah. it's a good. It's a good out for Father Gabriel, possibly, if that doctor that's with him gets killed, because I mean, he's not a he's not a huge character. the The whole ploy is to get a do- that doctor to Maggie. Mm-hmm. Well, now Sadiq is on his way to the hilltop. So mm-hmm. do we don't need the other doctor. Is Sadiq a full fledged doctor? Or? He's a resident. So he knows just enough to like save lives, and right. he he was going through his his doctor training. But the doctor is a doctor. I'm assuming so. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Maybe they, you know, maybe you know what? Maybe they would have a home based doctor, and Sadiq could be like the traveling doctor, like the, the on call doctor, like the medic, the med that goes on the medic team. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like he's like McCoy. <laughs> Damn it, genius! He's a doctor. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, whether or not any of these hypotheses play out or whatnot. Okay. Um, um, the dream sequence. The dream sequence. God, we are we are going long in this episode, but I we got the main season finale. We got shit to talk about mid season premiere, but we have to yeah. talk about the dream sequence. Yeah, you know, we see Rick wake up, old man Rick, uh-huh. beard, gray hair, mm-hmm. walks in, talks to Michonne, sees Carl walk by, Judith, blah blah blah, walks out, talks to to Jerry, talks to Sadiq, you know. And then, lo and behold, at the end of the episode, we see Judith kind of galloping through the plants. Mm-hmm. Hey, Uncle Negan. And then we see the big reveal is that, yeah. you know, if, is this a fever dream sequence? Is this just what Carl's dreaming up? No. Negan turns around and says, well, hey, you sweetie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, that proves my point. Carl was all about dying for peace. Yeah. Even in his his vision of heaven. Negan, Negan is a good is guy. There. Yeah. Yeah, Negan is there embraced and loving with everybody else. So that was I thought it was really cool to see and it made a really like interesting fact that you can still care about people that you hate. Yeah, but I have an issue with that. This mm-hmm. is this is what my issue with this episode is. It's very much what the Fate of the Furious movie did with Jason Statham's character. Mhm. He is not a good guy. No, he's not. He killed Han. R- right. And then all of a sudden he's having dinner with Dominic Toretto and the family at the <laughs> at, at, at the barbecue. 
So we're just going to let Negan, who bashed two of your best friends in the head with a baseball bat and just didn't kill them, right. he pulverized them. Right. You're going to let him plant garbanzo beans in your garden? No, I think that's no, I think that's his perfect version of heaven, but I also think that's a fool's dream. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? I mean, it really I mean it really is. I mean, good for Carl to want absolute peace between everybody and enemies, but I don't think some people are It's going to be a tall tale. Yeah, I don't tall, think some people tall are tall tale. Uh, able to not kill you know <laughs> he's negan's over there with lucille bashing a rabbit that's right. eating the lettuce or something yeah mm -hmm. it'll turn out something something really weird <laughs> like that but i, I did like clive barker like <laughs> weird <laughs> but i did think it was very interesting to see negan at the end of the episode in this dream sequence you know with rick and him seemingly getting along i mean he wouldn't let judith go to him if he didn't think mm -hmm. that you know so it's interesting, and I think that plays back to what, what Carl said to Negan when he was on top of the wall. Is this who you thought you were going to be or you right. wanted to be? Right. So, I mean, I don't know. Could, could we see Negan? No. It's a fool's dream, like I said. it's there's Negan needs to go. There are some... There's, he's, a, he's a dictator. He's an evil dictator, and the only way to dispose of evil dictators is to dispose of evil dictators. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean... Notice how Genius didn't say depose. He said dispose. 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 No, <laughs> we're we're going to take him out with the trash people. <laughs> right? I know exactly what I'm saying. I mean, I know exactly what I'm saying. But, like, once again, this is fiction. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in in fiction, fictional dictators... I'm like, you can't rehabilitate Cobra Commander. You know what I'm saying? Silence, you fools! <laughs> you can't win him over with seven strawberry shakes! You know? <laughs> so, like... <clears throat> so, I, I get what you're saying. Negan is pretty much too far gone to be yeah. brought back. Okay. Yeah. The governor, maybe, but not Negan. So, he's not going to be cooking garbanzo beans. All right, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. So, so, what else do we have to touch on? I mean, we talked on... Carl's ultimate departure uh, from this world and the show, mm -hmm. uh, the impact on Rick, the impact on Michonne is going to be felt throughout the the back half of the season. Oh yeah, going forward, I mean, until until Rick is no longer on the show, until Michonne is no longer on the show, we are going to see how Carl's death impacts both of them in trying to build this just life. Well, he didn't want it to be a rallying cry, his death, but it most certainly will be. Oh, absolutely. There's no roundabout way. However, it will give him maybe more of a chance to seek out a more peaceful option. Yeah. And R Carl going out a martyr, I think, is the proper way to send him a farewell. Yeah, and I mean, I've said this before. I know this the show is fictional. You know, it's, right. a, it's about a you know it's about a zombie apocalypse. Right. If Andy Lincoln does not get accolades for the way he portrays Rick Grimes in the show. It is an absolute travesty because yeah. the emotion that was on his face, you know, Denai Guerrero, uh, the emotion that was on her face during mm -hmm. the sequence, mm -hmm. Chandler Riggs. I mean, you could tell that this was literally emotionally taxing for not just them as characters, but them as actors. Right. Because they've been around for so long. They've been around together for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, in, in, in essence, Chandler Riggs grew up on this show. So, I mean, I, I think that they deserve a lot of credit for the way that they handled not only the interactions but the way that they handled their their emotions as actors yeah. in the show because it was absolutely believable 
mm-hmm. you know, and, and their interactions were were incredible. Well, and I would imagine it also helps that like you're saying goodbye to a coworker that you worked for with right for ten fucking years. Yeah, and know? I and you know Andy Lincoln has gone on the record and and saying that yeah. you know he really does think of Chandler as as his son, you know, like, as his show son. Yeah. But they're really close friends, so and you know. So that's why that's why it makes it. That's why it gave me the feels. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, it's saying goodbye to a character we saw grow up. Yeah, it's and like so, Herschel losing the bottom part of his leg. I mean, <laughs> what am I gonna do about my leg? But, uh, <laughs> but I I thought it was a good goodbye, and I thought it was a proper send off to his character. Yep. Saving as many people and the, and the people he loved. Yep. And that's even what Daryl says. He goes, you know, these people are alive because of you. That's on you. Yeah. You know, and that was yeah. good. That was good on Daryl. That was that was Daryl's way of saying I love you, man. Yeah. You know, because Daryl Dixon isn't going to say that. Nah. Daryl's too, too, too. He's too machismo for that. <laughs> too backwoods. Yeah. He's he's definitely backwoods. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we, we touched on Carl, Michonne, Rick. We touched on Morgan, Carol, and Ezekiel. And Henry. Um, we touched on <laughs> Michael Myers. <laughs> like, we, we like touched no, on... I saw him six times. It was totally like, oh my god, I saw like it was, it was it was at the end of Halloween four. Spoilers for Halloween four. <laughs> yeah, a movie that came out twenty plus years ago, right? Actually, twenty twenty years ago. It's on the nineteen eighty eight bracket. Shameless plug at Nightmare Junkhead. Um, but um, at the end of Halloween four, Loomis sees that the evil the shape evil kind of have went into uh the niece danielle harris's character Mm -hmm. and so it freaked him out and that's what i really i saw a lot of that in um this the the scene of that when he when henry kills that i hate to say but i liked the story of uh ezekiel team ezekiel Significantly more than the death of Carl. Does I, that make me a monster? No, I, I, you know, and I was going to touch on that too before we, you know, encapsulated the episode. Yeah, I think the portion with Carl was handled in a way that it made it almost too long. You know, it was. I, I'm, I'm not saying that it took up too much of the story, right? You know, because it is. It's a main character that's dying. He's, you know, trying to console his dad and you know his his surrogate mother figure. I mean, he's trying to say goodbye to everybody, but I. For me personally, I think the death of Carl took mm-hmm. way too long in this episode. Yeah. I mean, we had way too many cut shots and you yeah. know, cutbacks and this, that, and the other. And I mean, I understand he has to say goodbye, but right. we've seen people turn faster, and Carl is not that big of a person. But see, here's here's my issue with this episode. Um, it seemed like there was both two tonally different stories that were one not long enough to be full episodes but you could not cut any of them down because it would lose the integrity of the story you right. were trying to tell so putting them together that's why this episode ran what 15 minutes longer than normal mm, i think this was an hour and a half yeah i mean it, but it shouldn't have been that long you're 100 percent right the the carl story went a little long when combined with the other story right if they would have kept it itself and put a little bit more filler or take out a little bit more of the goddamn commercials that ain't happening right <laughs> they, they would have been a significantly better episode they would have been two significantly better episodes they would have been good standalone episodes themselves yep 
But putting um, them together just kind of was a detriment to it. Yeah, because you have this really, really sad part. Then you have this essentially a slasher film. Exactly. Yeah, you've got exactly the you, balance was and the balance right. was off. You've got Sleepless in Seattle mashed up with Halloween. Right. You, know? you have like a super sad next on Downton Abbey with like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it just it, it didn't it, work. I mean, and, and like I said, the the Carl Death sequences were a little bit too long for me, mm-hmm. but. That being said, I mean, I think they, they paid his character a good tribute. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave him a lot of legs and gave him a lot of freedom to do, you know, what he did in that episode. And I, th- I thought what he did was very good. Yeah. So with all that being said, Genius, well, like we do on every episode, mm-hmm. how would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest? This would be a solid 7. And it would be higher. It would be 7.5, maybe even 8, if it was two episodes instead of one. <laughs> if, it was, if it wasn't for the abrupt shift in tones then I think it would have been two really better episodes but because they kind of put try to put too much into one once again it lost points so it's, it's solid seven yeah and I'm gonna go with the seven as well because I think what they did is they gave Chandler Riggs a lot of uh, liberty mm-hmm. to, to yeah you know, work work within the confines and work with you know Andy Lincoln and and Denai Guerrera and you know kind of do that whole you know I'm not just saying goodbye but I'm saying I'm not just saying goodbye to my you know my my dad and my surrogate mom but I'm actually saying goodbye to my friends so I, they gave him a uh-huh. lot of legs there and my, and the fans in a way too right yeah. and I think they gave a lot of uh, a lot of pathos to Morgan and Carol mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and their dynamics so I think they they crammed a lot in this episode it was yeah. a lot Tom Pack um, so I'm gonna go with a solid seven as well mm-hmm. but with that being said. You know, it is now time to to log off. But join us next week as we go over Season 8, Episode 10 of AMC's The Walking Dead. But with that being said, I'm your host, Dustin P. And on behalf of Genius McGee, I'm going to play with him.